Welcome to Frontline Static, a podcast that helps bridge the gap between healthcare workers and first responders and everything in between. So good to be back with you all this week, and I'm coming off the high of having my kids' birthdays yesterday. Uh, Three out of four of my kids were born on the same day, so it's always a really exciting day together to just celebrate um, three out of four of my kids' Uh, lives and just another birthday and another year and another year of me feeling older as well. Uh, My oldest just turned 16, so he got his driver's license today. So that's been extra special and really exciting for him. This week, I had the opportunity to interview one of my friends and colleagues, Ramon Flores. Um, He is just just one of the most um, nicest, caring people that I know. And it really shows in his interactions with his teammates, his colleagues, and also his patients and their families. And um, he's just been a really good inspiration for me as I got into flight nursing. We talk about a little bit how we met and my first impression of him. And um, I've just really learned a lot from him over the years. And he's just been a really good role model for me as well um, as a person and as a nurse. And so uh, I hope you enjoy my interview with Ramon this week. We did have a couple audio issues, so bear with us during the interview, but uh, I hope you enjoy. Hey, Ramon, thanks for joining me this week on the podcast. Hey, hello. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Oh boy, that's always a hard question, right? Yeah. Uh, well, my name is, uh, you know, my name is Ramon Flores. I've been a flight nurse for about 10 years. Uh, prior to that, I worked at a level one tra- trauma center. Uh, and before that, I have always had like three or four jobs. So I worked, uh, I worked at Children's as an extern. Actually was going to be a peds nurse, uh, but you know, uh, could bouncing off the walls, can't stay in one place too long. So I, I decided to get an externship at uh, community as well. Uh, and then there came a point where I just, you know, I was working way too many days in a row. And so I had to choose. So I went to, I worked adults. That's how I got into adult. Prior to that, I was a deputy sheriff uh, for a while. And uh, that's kind of what I've been doing with my life. Oh yeah. I forgot I that. What you... else I, yeah, I... I forgot you did the sheriff's department for a little while. Yeah, uh, I was a deputy sheriff for almost two years, about a year and 10 months, 12 months. Um, That was a lot of fun. Uh, That's a job. But uh, then I got into the nursing program. I actually took me, you know how they say you're supposed to get in on your fifth fry down here. But actually (laughs) took me like six or seven because I kept missing their, uh, I kept missing their uh, letters. And uh, yeah, finally got in. They called me one day. I was driving down the road and got in and went in. And I expected them to say, oh, you know, no, no, no. Nope. They were like, okay, badge and gun. <laughs> Have a good life. It's kind of how it I think out. that's a good thing to mention because I think a lot of people get discouraged. You know, there's it's highly impacted to get into nursing school. Um, a lot of them are lottery based. So a lot of people have to wait multiple applications. So I think, you know, the fact that, um, people don't realize it has taken some people multiple attempts to be able to get in to even get started in nursing school. Yeah. And then, you know, we all hear about these guys who get in on the uh, first try, right? Yeah. How the heck? But yeah, no, it took me, it took me a long time, a a, a real, real, real long 
time to get in. But you know, perseverance. Okay. Eventually, they will call you, and you will get in. It just, it just takes time. So I didn't yeah. want to be that guy. I didn't want to be that guy who waited forever. So I went to the sheriff's academy while I was waiting. Um, I was an engineering major, to tell you the truth. I wanted to work on dams, but hey, life just kind of happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me about, or tell everyone about your first impression of me, and I'm going to tell everyone about my first impression of you. Uh, well, I wasn't quite sure because you were very, very quiet. Well, you were just kind of serious, you know, very serious, very focused. And, uh, you just struck me as a type of person that liked a world of order, total opposite of me because I love a world of chaos. So it was kind of interesting. I was like, oh, okay, well, she's nice. She's a nice lady. Um, I thought you were a cool person. I mean, I, I just, uh, my impression was that you were very regimented and very orderly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would definitely say that going into flight nursing, I was regimented because I came from an ICU background and I was already OCD. And so ICU already made me like want to have everything, all my ducks in a row and perfect, you know? And then coming into flight nursing, it's definitely like I had to have people tell me who are training me and who are my partners, like embrace, embrace the chaos, because that was really hard for me to do at the beginning. Yes. But um, my first impression of you. Yeah, was, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I said, uh, I said that that's exactly it. I mean, you either embrace the chaos or you, you know, or you, uh, you're going to have a hard time because there's no way you can control everything. Yeah, that's for sure. That <laughs> was a, that was um, a big reality check for me. Um, but my first impression of you was um, I went on a pediatric call with you. I was still in training <laughs> and we went on a pediatric call and I was just like so impressed with you because this is all I can remember. I don't even remember the patient diagnosis or anything, but we get there and the patient really it was epiglottitis oh wasn't you even remember okay i just remember the the baby being really fussy and i remember like we're hooking up the monitor and everything and you're like nope we're not getting a blood pressure on this baby we're not going to keep on making him fuss like blood pressure looks good vital signs have been stable like we're not going to take it every five minutes or ten minutes however they wanted us to do it and i'm like whoa that's like so weird for me you know um, but I was like, he was super impressed. I just felt like you really knew what you were doing and you felt so comfortable with pediatric patients, obviously, because you dealt with them before. And I was just like, I just want to be like that one day where I feel so comfortable to be like, no, this is actually going to hurt my patient more than, um, more than really what's going to do good for them. And I was like, I really want to like glean on everything that you knew. So that was like my real first impression of you. And oh, then um, I recall a call that we ran together, which I love when you're my partner. I love running calls with you, but there was this particular one. I don't know if you remember, but we had like a short hop and a skip from one helipad to another. And it was like four minutes and it was a pediatric patient as well, I think. And um, yep. 
we, it was like just a four minute flight. So as we're spooling up, we're already calling the next hospital saying, hey, we have a four minute ETA, we'll be on your pad soon, basically. And I remember just flying with you for four minutes, landing at the new pad and you using like every single thing in the back of the helicopter and you could. There was trash everywhere, there was equipment, there was just like, I don't know what exactly you did, but I was like, he did so much in four minutes. Um, and so I just like really enjoy running calls with you. I think you're always on top of your game and it's always fun. Like we have to keep things fun and light sometimes, especially in the stressful situations yeah. that we're in. Yeah, I, I, I made a big mess, I'm sorry. I also remember that call. It was a whole four minutes of just chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun, it was fun. That was a good call, I remember that. Uh, uh, I probably drove you nuts, though, by the way, because you know how it is. Whatever comes to my mind, I usually don't have a filter. My poor partners go crazy about that. So I've had to learn to control that because what's going on in my head, it is not the same thing you, my partner's perceiving. I don't know if I drove you a little crazy on that call as a result of that. No, I was like, no. maybe I was like, maybe we could do this, but it's not that because of this. Well, it's got to be this. And then we were just kind of going rolling with the punches. It was great. No, it's always a fun time. I always enjoy working with you. And then I re I do recall like another time that we worked together. It was a scene call. I don't exactly remember what happened, but all I remember is I'm calling into the radio to the trauma center to let them know of our ETA. And you're throwing me like baseball signs, like <laughs> of what to tell them over the radio. And I remember just like calling over the radio, doing my call in and trying not to laugh at the same time. So I just feel like we just have really good, um, really good calls that we run together. And it's always a good time with you. Yeah, we've had some, we've had some great calls, some bloody ones. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could talk on that a little bit, like I know that you have um, ADHD and how uh, you've really helped that focus for you and really helped you climb the ladder in nursing and get to where you are now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's it's really hard because I, I think a lot of people see it as a, you know, see it as a, something that will slow them down or, or, or kind of uh, hinder their ability because uh, honestly, I mean, a lot of people don't understand, you know, when you're at, a lot of people go from A to Z very, very methodically, right? A, a, B, C, D, we go from A to Z very quickly. And if it's no longer interesting, we just kind of, it doesn't matter anymore. Or if it's not fun, it doesn't matter anymore. And you're kind of jumping on to the next place. And so your mind, it's kind of hard to, it's hard to stay focused. Um, but at the same time, the amount of energy, I, I just feel like I have a lot of energy. Um, and so you just have to find a good outlet to really focus that energy. Um, and uh, I think that, that makes it makes it a plus rather than a, than a minus. Um, I've always been pretty hyperactive. I was that little kid that uh, would always get in trouble because he couldn't shut up. Um, you know, I got put in the smart people table. It was funny in third grade. I remember that's when it all went downhill. When I got taken from that table and got put into the dumb people table because the, the troublemaker table and then right back to the smart people table. And I just kept kind of bouncing back and forth. It, <laughs> it was too slow. Everything, you know, they, they were just, I'm like, come on, let's just go. Um, 
nursing wise, I think it it depends on where you're working. You know, people like us, people who have who are hyperactive and don't really like to stay still, and we thrive on chaos. So I think that for like new grads or or nurses, we can we should find that place where you're happy. If you look at ER nurses, most of them are kind of like that. They 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 don't like to hang out and do. They don't like to sit and dwell on one thing for too long. Usually can't finish anything, but you're really good at starting it. And you just kind of bounce off the walls and, and thrive on that chaos. So flight nursing's perfect. Um, uh, the ER would be good. Uh, PACU's good because you're not with them for a long time, yet you still have a little bit of fun. Um, I think you just find that right place that kind of makes you happy and lets you run around to where that energy is, where, where you can use your energy, you know? And that's where we thrive. I think that's where we belong. Honestly, I, I really believe that that's where we belong. Yeah. And um, what would you say also to, you know, some of the nurses that might be listening out there who are kind of struggling with um, having ADHD and maybe figuring out like medication wise, how to make that work for them as far as maybe some of what are the side effects give them too, but um, who fear that they might not be successful in their careers because of it. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you uh, ever noticed uh, you came a while afterwards, but uh I, uh, when I started there, I mean, I was driving for Ray, who was my partner for, God, that guy was my partner for like five years. So I was driving him nuts uh, because, because of that. Um, you know, first of all, I wasn't comfortable in, in the new environment and I was new to it. And, and so, like I said, I mean, I, I used to verbalize everything I was thinking. And so the poor guy would reach down for like a, you know, I'd say, okay, let's, uh, you know, let's give him this. He'd reach down. I'm like, no, 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 hold on. I'm just talking about it. <laughs> and he'd, uh, he would go nuts because you, I'd catch him like trying to follow me. Um, and so I would say, and so, and so I decided that I was going to take my meds. Um, so I went to the doctor and I said, Hey, look, when I was younger, I used to take uh, Adderall. Uh, I've got a new job, new partners. I, I feel like I'm not focusing. Um, I just need something that helps me focus and slow the hell down. Um, so uh, he gave me Adderall. It was five milligrams of Adderall. Um, and I took it. And then I went to work. And uh, and they knew I was taking it. Uh, and it, they were like, what is wrong with you? Um, everybody asked me what was wrong with me because I was like mellow. Um, I think they helped a little bit, just kind of bridge that gap. But it's not who... You know, it kind of takes away from who you are. I felt that I wasn't myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, while I, while I was more focused, I wasn't my who they were used to having. So um, I was quiet. It, it wasn't as fun. Uh, I heard I wasn't I wasn't that fun of a person. <laughs> I was good nurse. <laughs> I wasn't as fun of a person. Um, and so I think it helped a little bit. Just kind of. Get, get my ducks in a row while I was starting, but um, it wasn't something that I want to be on. I haven't taken any type of Adderall or any type of uh, ADHD meds, Stratera, Concerta, any of that um, for about four years, four or five years now. You know, it's mm-hmm. been a while. Um, I feel that it's, you know, it's something that is good when you need it, but you really have to 
you uh, uh what's it called like a self-examination of whether or not it's worth it mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. i think everybody's personality is kind of geared toward it, it you know i was talking to one of my cop friends and he's like he's like i'm like a german shepherd and i'm like oh yeah what kind of dog would i be and he's like you're the belgian melon while that won't say still <laughs> like, right and we both have our place you know so that's kind of I, I would say people if you're the melon wall go be the melon wall you know if you're if you're the hyperactive guy that that will get the job done no matter what yeah he might bounce off the walls a little bit um but it's not don't look at it as a negative you know embrace it and yeah it's hard to focus sometimes but if you really love your craft and you love what you're doing you you will focus in on it and not only that you're gonna thrive. so i think it's a it's not a bad thing you just gotta you just gotta realize that it's part of who you are and just you know love yourself pretty much is what i'm saying here yeah i really like that that answer that question yeah no i like that because i think that you know we all kind of have our little quirks you know i came in pretty ocd icu centered and i really had to learn to uh, make that work for myself and kind of change and adapt to my environment as well and embrace like the chaos like we kind of talked about a little bit before so i think you've just really learned how to hone that in as far as your craft as well like you work really well with pediatric patients and you know you worked in thick use before too and i think that that type of personality as well is very um inviting for a lot of those patients and family members too so can you talk a little bit about like your pediatric experience and like why you have such um like this kind of flair for working with those types of patients yeah you know i love my favorite patients are can you still hear me uh yeah it's going in me? and out a little bit yeah hello yeah hello. i can hear you okay yeah uh so when I started nursing, I was working at Children's Hospital. Uh, I was, uh, how was I doing? I was doing registration down there. I've always been able to type really, really fast. And um, just always doing that. You know, I, I, I get to meet a lot of the nurses and a lot of the docs. And the kids are awesome. I mean, you're not going to get a kid who's drug seeking. Um, if kids are if kids are in pain, they're going to cry. Um, but it's, it is... Uh, you know, it's not because they want drugs or they want the lot. They haven't learned any of the nasty habits that some of our, unfortunately, some of our adult patients have learned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're resilient. Kids are resilient. They want to live. Um, they're fun. Even when they're in pain, they're playing and, and they're playing and they're, they're, um, they're trying to do their best. You know, I think it's the best of humanity with kids. Yeah. They haven't learned the bad ways yet, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. So that's what drove me to them. Um, I worked in the emergency department at uh, at uh, Children uh, Valley Children's here in Madera. I've also worked at Rady Children's in San Diego uh, in their emergency department. Um, I've worked uh, in the ER, and then I went uh, when I prior to becoming a flight nurse, I felt I needed more help with airways, but I didn't want to go to an adult PACU because of that same thing. I felt that maybe. Uh, I needed to kind of get rejuvenated and go back to the kids. I've been working adults forever. So I worked in the recovery room there at Children's. Those guys trained me. Amazing nurses down there. If you ever need a place to go, uh, I would recommend them highly. Um, They trained me in the PACU. 
I got to learn how to, you know, manage airways, um, use the uh, anesthesia bag, which a lot of people are unfamiliar. If you have any nurses or anybody, uh, uh, it does have disadvantages, but if you have enough oxygen, that's my go-to. You're cutting um, out a little bit, Ramon. Can you? And so, and so I got a lot of I said, I got a lot of experience with airways that way. Um, that's why I went to Children's PACU. And so I got really comfortable with kids not breathing. I'm okay if it doesn't breathe, no big deal. We're gonna breathe for you. Got comfortable with tubes, ET tubes, determining what size goes in which kid. Um, drugs, dosages. God, you give a kid three mics, three, three mics of fentanyl and they do amazing. Um, you know, the little tiny ones anyway. Uh, so that's how I got into kids. Um, I feel comfortable with them. Uh, starting IVs, you know, you just kind of just working with with uh, in the ER with pediatric populations. And I think that is a big adult weakness. Adult nurse weakness is not. If you're working in an ER that's seeing kids, you should not run away from the kid, but go go toward them because they'll make you that much better. Just know your stuff and be honest with the parents. That's what gets us in trouble as adult nurses. You know, if you walk in and you're scared and you don't know, tell a mom, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. I'm not going to jack up your kid. I got you. And they'll trust you. It's a trust thing with them. So, I don't know. That's how I yeah, got into I, kids. I think... uh, I've always. What'd you say? Yeah, I think transparency is always like the best thing with the parents and the kids too. And and I agree with you. I think as most um, adult nurses that have cared for most adult populations and not any pediatrics, pediatrics scare people. Um, you know, just mm -hmm. the added calculations and not wanting to mess up and all of the things that come with it, especially with pediatric and infant traumas. So, um, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, it needs to be something that we all kind of get more comfortable with. Um, what would you, your suggestions be to people who are kind of scared to work with that kind of patient population? And say, do it. Um, whatever you are the worst at is what you should be doing the most. If mm -hmm. you're a horrible IV starter, you should go down and volunteer in the ER. If you're not working in the ER, you're working like, let's say, med surge or, or tele or, or you're, you're not, you know, you really don't do that job that often. You should be the one going down and saying, hey, I need more of these. Hey, anybody has an IV, call me. Let me at least try it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the times, we're such good nurses that we say, oh, so-and-so is a good IV starter. Let me just call him. Mm -hmm. But we don't realize that he, what, him or her, what, you know, she, she may never, she may not have been a very good IV starter when she started, but yeah. she poked a lot more people and got better. We don't want to hurt our patients. No one does. But you know what? And by the same token, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of hurting them a little by not being the best that we can be so Absolutely. and yeah you're, you're gonna miss a couple times but you just gotta keep doing it because that's the only way you're gonna get better i think i think that's my my thing um with Absolutely. kids um work at a work at a pediatric center um work, work at a if you if your place doesn't have pediatrics um another thing you can do is you can try to you know there there's uh there's a couple of uh you know there's a couple of uh, books uh, a good one is like, uh, and this is emergency room, so it's kind of hard to, you know, there's an emergency room, pediatric emergency room book uh, review course, or uh, it's like the book, 
and nothing has everything. I mean, it goes over the stages of development to, you know, why we do some things a little bit different with kids as opposed to adults. I think that, that those are good resources, um, but just doing it, I, I say, would be the most important thing. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. Um, you know, I know you continue to work at other facilities and you do a lot of travel contracts, but you do fly as well still. Um, and kind of having worked in a lot of different departments in different places and different hospitals, um, what is it that sets flight nursing apart um, from all those other places that you've worked? And what is it that you really like and enjoy doing um, in flight nursing? Hands down the autonomy. Uh, you know, we do, we work within protocols, but our protocols are, um, are written in such a way that I, our medical directors trust us to be clinically sound and to make, you know, to make the right call. Um, and they're always there if we, when, when we, if we need them or we're kind of in the bind, you know, they're there for us. We can always call them. But for the most part, uh, you're empowered to make these decisions. You know, if you see a patient and you feel that he needs to be intubated, we do it. Um, you know, the call is made by us, whereas in the hospital, I think that that is one of the drawbacks. And I see this with medics and nurses, the mentality, our mentality is different. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like our, our medics are very much geared and trained to, to make the call and do mm -hmm. it. So sometimes they might be a little bit more aggressive, whereas nurses, we're trained to ask uh, or suggest, right? We all know that nurse that, that knows the right answer. You know, he, she's like, hey, I've seen this case a thousand times. You should give him this, but you don't say, hey, let's give him this. You say, hey, um, what do you think about this? You know, the, the, the way that we phrase things are, we, we can't tell them to do it, but it's like, hey, that's the right call. You're experienced. You've been doing this for a while and you know, you know what you want. You just, as nurses, uh, you know, we, we kind of we rely on our physicians, which is not a bad thing, but, but with flight nursing, now you get, you you get to make the call as long as you're within protocol. I love that about my job. I love it that when my patient's in pain, and, and you know, that 230, 250 pound patient who is hurting, my protocol says I can give them 100 mics in one shot. Mm -hmm. In the hospital, I've, I've asked new residents and they're like, give him 25 mics of fentanyl. I'm sorry, but that's not going to cut it. And we know it as nurses. We know that's not going to work, but yet we we're restricted to those orders, but which we are in the air as well. But my protocol says I can give it every three to five minutes. So, hey, he needs more. I give him more. I don't have to go search for search or ask. It's already pre-done, which is nice. I think we that 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 helps. Um, but by the you know, the it's a double edged sword, right? By the other side, if, if you don't know what you're doing, you can very easily uh, you can very easily give somebody too much or not do the right thing. So, so it drives you, it drives you as a, as a clinician to become more clinically sound and to, to be the master of your craft. Yeah. And I think I that, love flight nurse. yeah, I think that, um, you know, both of us train some of the new people that come on, um, with us and, and I always tell them too, don't be hard on yourself because you are just beginning. You were an expert in what you were doing before. You were an expert ICU nurse before you were an expert ER nurse. Now, now you're a beginner flight nurse and just kind of like embrace these moments of feeling uncomfortable because it is going to take time. It's going to take a couple of years for you to feel 
um, good about some of the decisions that you make and you are still going to be nervous, you know, every time you go on a call and that's okay too. But I think a lot of these new people that we come in expect and want to be great right off the bat, but it's just kind of one of those things that you, you become more comfortable with over time. I don't know about you, but uh, every time that, you know, every time we paralyze somebody uh, right before we intubate them, uh, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't know. You, you tell me, uh, you still the, I, I still get a little bit of a feeling of, all right, there's no going back after this. Uh, oh, yeah. We, we can't fail now. You, oh, yeah. I, I, do you get that? Do you still get that feeling? I, I still do every time. Because a lot of people. Yeah. Every single time I go on a call, I get that feeling still. I still feel nervous. Yeah. I still, the unexpected of, you know, what to do um, makes me really nervous. Well, because you they're don't really know. Going back. Yeah. 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 And, and you don't know what they're going to do. I mean, for all we know, they'll go code. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, ah, it's, it's, it's the call. I think that's the good thing. Yeah. And, and, and knowing that even, even when you think that you are at the top of your game, they're still going to, the patient is going to do whatever the patient's going to do. It's just, hopefully you'll, you're ahead of the game and you can keep them from doing anything negative, you know, but we don't, you know, even, even when you're that good, just being a little humble and, and knowing that, you know, you practice with the, to the best of your abilities and not, not, you weren't cocky. You weren't that guy, that cowboy guy who ran around and did dumb things, which thank God I have partners that, sometimes just hold me back from doing the dumbest things um you know we just i guess it's humbling it's humbling you just have to you just have to be humble i don't know how else to say it you know yeah, I mean. and i think it's also learning from every call like every call there's something that you can do differently and something that you can do better you know the next time i think you know sometimes yeah, it haunts me absolutely some things that i i think after some calls i think is is there something that I could have done that I didn't do that would have made a difference, you know? Um, and those are good, really good learning experiences. And like I said, with each call, um, you can talk about what went well, what didn't well, go well and what you could do differently. Um, because I think there's room for improvement for everything. Yep. But even if you do make the right call, the wrong call, you know, knowing why you made the right wrong call and then, you know, you gotta kind of forgive yourself and say, all right, well, all right, here it comes. I, I'm screwed up, but I'm not going to do that one again. I know yeah. I've been there. It's, yeah. it's a hor horrible, horrible feeling, but it is, it's, it's just part of the learning process. I agree with you. It's just, yeah. we just, we're human. We're human, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think with time, um, you do learn to trust yourself, like trust yourself, trust your partner, trust the decisions that you're making a little bit more. Um, and be nervous at the same time as you're kind of going through those calls, but you're learning to trust your decisions and kind of go with your gut. Um, and I think that that comes with time as you're, as you're just learning, you know, how to be a flight nurse. Cool confidence is what I call it. Cool yeah. confidence. Yeah. I, I, like I always rely to go back when, when it's breaking down, right. When you hear, when, if I ever hear my partners or I've always told them, if you ever hear me saying, all right, just stop. We're gonna do A, B, C. That means that means I'm kind of scared, and I'm 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 just gonna make sure that I'm not screwing up here, mm -hmm. um, which mm -hmm. is a good thing. That is a good thing. Regrouping is good. Yeah, yeah. Last anyway. question for you, Ramon. Um, what would you like? How do you feel about failing? Failing I, at something. I, okay. Um, 
failing at something is probably the one of the best things that can happen to you, in my opinion. If you don't fail, you how will you know the bottom? How do you know the bottom if you're never there? You know, we are always happy when we have those highs, but it's the valleys that, that really matter, I think. Like the first time, you know I didn't get hired the first time I got into Skylife. Mm, I didn't know uh, that. The first time I went, I was devastating. I had never not had a job in my life. And I came in there with level one trauma experience, um, you know, thinking thinking I was I was really good. <laughs> they gave me this written test that Alfredo got 100 on, by the way. Um, uh, that was one of our other flight nurses who, guy was a genius. Anyway, I took this test and uh, I got, I think, 75% of those questions wrong. And it was one of the most humbling, just greatest failures I've ever had because that made me learn that, hey, you don't know anything. Uh, not only do you not know anything, but uh, I was two pounds overweight. They used to weigh us back then. And I was wearing a wool suit and sweating. Uh, it, it was pretty bad. Um, so that, that led me, that, that actually led me to go get that job in the recovery room because they had asked me, Hey, what, what ET tube size do you think you would put in a kid? And I'm like, uh, eight, <laughs> uh, for all of you guys who don't know, these kids sometimes get like a two or a 3.5. I mean, you know, that's the average, something small, way smaller than that. I'm sticking a, uh, sewer hose where, you know, a needle should go. It's just, it's just not like. Um, so I learned that I didn't know anything and that even though I had a lot of experience, I didn't have experience in that area and kind of, you know, you can take it two ways. I think uh, when you fail, you can either one, you know, just give up and say, all right, that's it. Or you can say, okay, well, this is what I really want. And how am I going to get there? So you go and you work in a, you know, you work in a PACU and you learn airways. Um, you go and you work at a, at a, at another ER, you go work in the ICU. Um, I went to go work in the ICU. That's when I went to go work in the ICU because I had worked up in the ER prior to that. Um, you know, and you start reading and you start, you start, hey, I didn't know this question before. They asked me something about where the aorta tears during a, uh, during a, a, a car, car accident. I have no idea. It's at the aortic isthmus. So I'll never forget it. Um, you go and you read, you read and you say, all right, it's fun. I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back next year and let's see, let's see who wins. And so that's how I, I came back and I didn't get a hundred, but I didn't fail. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. kind of how that goes. I think, I think just don't ever, ever, ever give up. If you want to be successful, never, ever give up. Because even if you only take one class a semester, eventually, eventually you're going to pass. And even if you fail 10, 20 times, eventually you're going to, you're going to make it. I let you through. You're going to make it. You just can't quit. It's those guys who quit that never make it through. Never, ever quit. Yeah, I like that. that you've said, like, never give up, never quit, and go get it. Like, you can't not, okay. you have to have the both. You have to have the action with it. You can say to yourself, never give up, but you also have to go out and take it for yourself and go forward and have forward momentum with it. I think oftentimes people... Yeah you know, they get either they don't give up and they say, I'm not going to give up, but then they don't want to take action from that. So I love how you said, you know, if there's an area that you feel weakened, go out there and get it. Yep. I, that is my number one thing that 
and, and, and also it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt to make a little plan. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that like, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard and we all have friends, with, uh, you know, you're one of the people that I actually, you, you know, like with my flight school, I'm feeling like I'm not going to pass. You know, it's like, no, you just, you know, and you call your friends and, and you talk about it. I called you and you were like, well, what are you doing? You know, keep going, never fail. And I'm like, you're right. You sit down and you hit the books twice as hard, twice yeah. as hard, whatever it takes. If you want it or if you fail at that point, okay, well, I'm going to take it again. Yeah. I'm going to take it again. What's the worst that can happen? They can say no. And then when you're back about six times, that's the guy I want to hire because he's not going to quit on me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the way I explain it to my clients too, especially like those who want to become flight nurses, I say like your flight suits over here with your name badge on it. It's no one else's. No one else can wear it or fit in it or be on that name badge. That's your name badge, but it's whenever you get it. And that might mean in a couple months, that might mean this year, that might mean next year or in a couple years, but that flight suit's not going to belong to anyone else, but you have to be the one to go and get it. Yep. Sometimes we hire people because because that perfect person didn't apply because they were too scared. So mm-hmm. we hired somebody who's not as good as they would have been. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, so I, I love what you said. Yes, you have your flight suit has your name on it. I think if you want it enough, you're going to get it. But yeah. if you sit there and just talk about it, it's not going to happen. You got to get up off. You got to get up and get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for Ramon for being on today. Like I really appreciate the perspective that you gave and, you know, talking about pediatric patients and um, dealing with ADHD and kind of all the other things and philosophies that you've withheld in your um, or held up in your nursing career. So I really appreciate you being on today. You are welcome. I hope I didn't squirrel too much. No, That's what we call it, great. by the way, squirrel. <laughs> you did great. Okay. Thanks, right. Ramon. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.